This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least. Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more, explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Enjoy the show. Hey, fellas, we ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is. This is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another and another and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field. It's time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. marinating in green gold. (laughs) I love it. Welcome back to the Turf District where we huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and the CFL. And we're a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and welcome into the district tonight. Boy, we have another fun show, and uh, we're trying a new setup tonight, so hopefully it sounds good. Give us your feedback right in the chat if you can. Don't forget to put your questions in the chat as well for our guest and for us. Uh, if we don't catch them during the show, we'll absolutely get to them in overtime. Uh, thank you for joining us on YouTube Live, or of course, thank you for downloading the podcast, uh, and make sure that you're sharing that link with all of your Elks and CFL friends so that uh, we can get more people to to join in the huddle. Uh, let's bring in the gang this evening. Uh, tonight, I just have myself and and just one of our co-hosts. But it's the one that has the greatest horde ever. Super fan, Mike. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's the Jantlers. Yeah. Lovely. Right. I got, I got like. I got subscribed. There that's we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the name Thanks, of the Jantlers? I had no yeah. idea. Those were... I never uh, remember that. that. Is that like... Um, is that like Thor's goats? Like it has... A, yeah. <laughs> Goats. You know, since we last chatted, I've seen that movie twice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've seen it at zero. So, oh, anyway, maybe next week. You're missing out. It is outstanding. Next week. Oh, it is so much fun. Um, one, of, one of my faves. Uh, how, are, how are you, Superfan? That's been good. Uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about two wins in the last three games, which is pretty fantastic for us to talk about. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, that was quite fun. Of course, we had Fan Day. Yes. Uh, which is also a lot How of was fun. Fan Day? Because, of course, I didn't get to make it out because I was driving right. down south, so. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy getting around to interact with the players and everything else. It was not uh, attended nearly as well as it has in the past. You know, if I had to guess, maybe four or five hundred people there when it, is that right? it can be upwards of, you know, ten times that. Okay. But, I mean, you're talking about it in uh, the middle of summer versus in, in you know, May or June with, with training camp. Uh, and I didn't see a lot of advertising. Like, I, usually it's on global. Right? Yes, uh, yeah. And it wasn't this time, at least that I've heard or, or seen. So, 
Um, but I mean, everyone that was there had a great time. Uh, got to talk with Trey Ford. Yeah, I saw that. Son. Yeah, my son, that's his favorite player because Trey came up and talked to us in the stands at training camp and that was it. It was instant love. So he came out, he even managed to sign something for, for my son and with his sling on and uh, nice. that was it. He was beaming the rest of the time. So, I mean, anytime you can get a, a kid hooked like that, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's that's outstanding. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and now, before we bring our guest in, I will apologize for last week as we, uh, you know, things came up and life gets in the way of the podcasting sometimes. But on the other hand, you know what? We didn't really want to talk about that game anyway. So now we can talk yeah. about a good game. And who did we bring that's in right. to chat with us? It is our good friend, Dave Jameson. Welcome back to the show, Jamo. It's great to see you guys and be back with uh, all of your followers and viewers. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I love this group. The minute I heard you guys were doing what you're doing, and I know I've, I've, I've been a guest too often. You'd remind me that, uh, but I'm glad you have me back. <laughs> oh, it's not too often. Uh, Jamo, you could be on every week and we would still no. be, we would still love it. <laughs> well, you're too kind. You're too kind. Lots of good stories. Um, tell us a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's been, since 2019, uh, since we've had a chance yeah. to have you on, um, obviously between all of the you know missed football and and you needing some time, of course, for your health. Uh, I mean, but we're glad you're back to talk green and gold. That's, uh, Thank you. But uh, but so much has changed. Uh, there's a new team name. There's new people in the organi- organization. Uh, as you mentioned, I have no hair. Uh, basically, it's it's a whole new team. Um, so, what do you think of all the changes and where things have landed? Even even before the season started this year? Well, I'm, I'm of, um, you know, I've given it a lot of thought and um, I was asked and very honored to help write the video for the helmet, the, the, the new old helmet. Which was awesome. And so it, it, it well, th- th- they did a great job with it. And, you know, I just contributed some words and kind of the tone and, and connected them with Jed Roberts, who did a wonderful job narrating it. You know, change is inevitable. It should happen not just in football. It should happen in life, and we should embrace it where possible. I mean, it's it's different for me to go into that dressing room and into that building where once I was there and knew everybody, and now it's a young, vibrant staff led by Victor Kui. Um, they've got, and I think Victor's vision for what this franchise can be and really what the league can and should be is very exciting. But... Um, you know, times were not kind to the Edmonton Elks or even the name it previously operated under. Mm-hmm. Uh, things had gotten very dire. And um, while the record, all the, would they be in first in the East? Would, or tied right. for first <laughs> Pretty close. First yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you need perspective, right? And and I know these are challenging times, both on the field and, and off with, with the crowds and stuff. But the fixes never come quickly enough for some. And... Um, while Edmonton enjoyed decades of success uh, at the turnstile and on the field, it can go away pretty quickly. And a pandemic, you know, took the kneecaps off a lot of businesses. And so the CFL was not immune. And it's going to take hard work to come back and remind people that we're that they are there and they have a world class product. Uh, but it's not easy. And if it were easy, everyone would have found solutions a lot sooner than you know now but um i i'm i'm quite energized i'm a season ticket holder again i bought a pair of season tickets outstanding um to go and um just be a fan 
you know, and I'm, I'm on the alumni association, I'm one of the directors, but I wanted to be a fan again and just go to Commonwealth and sit up high and just enjoy and just kind of, you know, drink in that experience again. And so I'm really excited to what's coming in Winnipeg here and all that stuff. So anyhow, I'm a fan again, but, you know, a fan, I guess, with some privileges. Yeah. <laughs> You, you deserve. You know, like, I don't. I don't want to be. You know that guy. But it's. It's. Uh, you know. And I. I bought. You know. I bought my shirts, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> you deserve all the privileges, Jamo. We've uh, said that yeah, for yeah. years. Come on now. That logo just looks good on everybody, doesn't it? It's it does. Awesome. It does. So I mean, we've seen a lot of the attendance issues that are happening uh, to the team, but across the league, and, and in fact across mm-hmm. sport. Um, you have a unique perspective given your background. I mean, with communications and the marketing you did for the team itself. Um, what other steps do you see that uh, maybe you haven't seen yet that might be needed to bring the fans back? Well, and this is sort of a philosophical thing. And I, I even though I am the old guy on this, <laughs> you know, event tonight, I, I hope that I'm not, you know, that guy that says, well, you know, in my day, we did it this way. Well, when in my day, in our day, it was a decidedly different city. The um, the influence of social media and all of the tools that go along with that, the various platforms didn't exist or they were in their infancy. So what I see now from the Elks and led by Victor and a very talented young staff and they've got a great videographer. and They are using the tools of now to communicate with a fan base that they're hoping to connect with. And, and even, you know, there are just because you're of a certain age doesn't mean you're not on Twitter or not on Facebook or not on, you know, you're there and hopefully you're getting their message. The only thing I might add to that is I don't think you can completely forsake traditional media like a billboard to be driving down a stony plain and seeing the Elks message, whatever, you know, game Friday, that kind of thing. I still think that there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. that there is still a place for, as you mentioned, with Fan Day and, and seeing that on global television. Right. There's, and I understand there's financial, there's fiscal pressure on the team. I mean, they've, they've been, you know, their revenues have been severely diminished. And so I appreciate that. But I, I just don't think everything can be marketed with a hashtag. Right. And I, and I, while I, at the same time, maintaining that that is vital, it's central to whatever you're approach and your tactics are going to be i still think there needs to be a healthy mix of the other if you can make it work financially well and there needs to be a poster that says defend the turf because that we all know that was our favorite one ever and a, and a fridge magnet. Yeah. That's, oh, yes. Jamo, yes. come on, oh. use your, use your powers of persuasion and get the fridge magnet back, will you? Cause that's the, that's the yeah. one that, that's the one we God, need from you. My, if, if that's my legacy as a fridge magnet. And clearly <laughs> I didn't do nearly enough to, you know, master the, the portfolio. So yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're fans either way. Um, yeah. Now you, you mentioned it, you're, you're doing a bit more with the alumni now. So tell us kind of how that's going and, and kind of what's going on on the alumni side. Well, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I was, I was a member, I've been a member for, I'm just, I'm guessing a little bit, maybe five years and, but just a member at large and was asked a couple of years ago if I would consider becoming a, a, a director and I was approved. Um, and I, they, there had for over a few years been an attempt to get a website built and, you know, brought to life. And so I said, put up my hand foolishly and said, well, I mean, 
sure, I'll dive in. And, um, and, and, and brought it to a little bit. I mean, the work, the hard work, the real work is done by a company and a gentleman named Joe Gunness out of, who does the CFL Alumni Association. And, and, and I picked up the portfolio and then I got sick. And so there was, you know, I was trying to do it through, you know, my post-surgery and my radiation, all that stuff. So a lot, you know, I could have moved it along. We could have moved it along quicker if I hadn't gotten ill. So eefootballalumni.ca is the website. And it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a work in progress. But we needed somewhere to live online. And we have a Twitter account. And we will add to the arsenal, if you will. Um, but it's just a way of connecting and, you know, um, and, and, and again, the organization was started, I think, in 86. And it started out really, you know, football and friendship. And it was a way for players after their career to stay connected to the team, also provide support to those in need, players in need. And I think really the James Bell story, which you guys both know well, was uh, was a real catalyst for the Alumni Association. And so many years later, here we are and really kind of um, reimagining the group. There's a lot of younger uh, individuals, Mark Tobert, Rod Connett, Mookie Mitchell is our president. Um, and there are other players, and, and Hector Pache is still involved, thank goodness, because he's vital to it. Bain Nori is still there. Um, and so, you know, it's an alumni association that I think is, is going to try to its best uh, to continue the work that it does. And I think the, the most important one, the most enduring, is player support. You know, if an individual who played in Edmonton might need a hand in whatever it might be, um, we're there and to the best of our ability, we'll, uh, we'll certainly um, help them, you know, get connected to the resources. And, you know, when players' careers end, they end quickly. Um, and football exacts a heavy toll on the human body. It really does. It's a wonderful yeah. sport, and we, you know, we want everyone to come out of it healthy and and in all in all facets. Um, but that sometimes isn't the case. Um, and so we're there and provide to the best of our ability at least some resources and some help to uh, to those who need it. Well, and most importantly, when you're on there now, can you connect us to Marco Sincar? No, oh. yeah, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> Is he is he the unicorn guest for you guys? He, he, he oh he's one of or Andrew yeah. yeah for me yeah that yeah. is absolutely yeah on the on the list well, of of unicorns so we we might have to talk. Well, I know after. guys. I know, okay. Let's just say okay. I know people who know people, and we'll see what we can do. Let's get our people chatting. Exactly. Yeah. All, right. All right, super fan. We got any uh, fan questions that we can go through before we start tackling some uh, news uh, on the team? Absolutely. We've got a few in here. Uh, Coach Vic is asking, uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on the vibrant social media interactions that Victor Cuey is promoting? Oh, I think he is really skilled, really skilled at communicating with his audience, with the audience, their audience. Uh, Victor has a broad vision that this is an ed the team that plays in Edmonton, but the brand is national and international, global, if you will. And, you know, he's a guy who's worked in Singapore, obviously, and he is, we, you know, his story well about one championship. And so he thinks big. And so I wouldn't imagine that him coming here, um, you know, or coming to the Edmonton Elks would, you know, shrink that vision. He's still going to think, well, how can I make this bigger and reach more people? And, you know, there are lots of uh, people who've grown up in Edmonton, and he was one of them who was here and then moved away and then has returned. And so he wants to try and connect to as many people. And even if you're not in the stands at Commonwealth, you can be 
an elk's advocate. Mm-hmm. And you can be a fan, and you can be a fan from a distance. And so I think what the tactics he's using, I, I'd love to say that, you know, if I were, you know, 25, 30 years younger, I would be doing the same thing. <laughs> but he's got a lot of skill in that area, and you can tell. And it, it's it's really, in a, what I'm, I'm very impressed with is, it's very much his voice. It's an authentic voice. You know, this isn't somebody who's having a bot farm do it for him. You know what I'm saying? True. So true. Yeah. Very he, organic for sure. Yeah. It yeah. feels that way to me. It feels real. Like you can tell the contrived ones, right? You know, from right. the desk of the president. I mean, yeah. oh God, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, um, but when you see him sitting in the stands at IG Fields, you know, that's him sitting in the stands and enjoying it from a fan's perspective. So I, I get that. And I, I respect that. Dustin have all his tweets ended with 30. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's. I, I think you're right, though, Jamo, in that it's it's genuine too. Like it, it yeah, truly feels it genuine. Yeah. So that's that's a nice yes. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, we got Chris Agar is asking uh, of the traditional media advertising you'd like to see more focus on. What are your top picks? <laughs> well. Um, in my, in 12 to 14 years, I was with the club and you guys, you know, we've talked about this before I did the marketing and the advertising mm-hmm. along with, and, and the, 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 if you will, the sort of the toolkit was the, the, the staples, I mean, print back then and, you know, Sun and journal and it was, um, global television. We had a partnership with, and, um, we had billboards, um, both, you know, static and then digital. We also had transit um website i mean it's not really kind of worth talking about because it again all of it in its infancy um radio heavy radio user and not just on the broadcast you know and and frequency i mean you know i don't want to get too uh, media nerd uh here but frequency you can't tell people enough when you only do biz i always and people hated it after a while they're like yeah okay we get it dave i said we're a mattress store and we only sell mattresses 10 times a year so we know it's Friday night and we're playing Winnipeg, but we we got to beat people over the head with it. And yeah. so in the four or five days leading up to a game, because, I mean, you only got so much budget, you can't do every day of every in a week, then you got to hammer them and you got to be on the various radio stations. And But again, you know, there will be someone listening going, yeah, old man, that worked back then. But I, you know, I know it's a fractured universe. It's a fractured media landscape. But I, I sort of would live in the fear of, God, who didn't we touch this week? And I know they've got a great partnership with the Chorus and, and you know, 630 Chad and all the stations there and, and with Global and, and with TSN. And I know they're working. And, I mean, I pay attention to that stuff still. Sure. And even though I work at, at Bell, well, not even though, I mean, Bell Media is a huge part of the Canadian Football League. Yeah. Um, but we're not the rights holder of the Elks. I pay attention to that. So, you know, to answer the question, I mean, I, w- I would have billboards. I mean, this is still a city that loves to drive. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we get around. I mean, yeah. you know, and and so, um, you know, I think a big board on Stony Plain or wherever, you know, you look at big digital boards. You know, it, I think those things matter. You know, again, it's eyeballs, eyeballs, eyeballs. Where are you going to get them? You know, if you're driving, you're likely not on Twitter. At least I hope you're not. <laughs> well, well, no, well, I was driving behind today. Yeah, I think. Uh, oh, but yeah. yeah, I think yeah. with the graphic designer they've got most recently, I don't know if it's the same person and they've just sort of taken the shackles off or what, but they've been some really creative ideas with the, oh, yeah. the posters before every game where it was the, the bird in the cage for the Alouettes game and the, 
the donkey it's really or the creative. You know. Yeah, and I, and I think I think Victor, um, I, you know, it, it, I think has allowed his staff, at least from my vantage point. I don't have any proof on this, but it just looks like okay, let's go. Yeah, like let's yeah. not be safe. Let's, yep. He's empowered push, them for sure. Right, and let's push stuff here because. Again, you only have very few opportunities to try and make budget, and uh, it's it's hard, uh, even in the best of financial times, uh, and clearly we're not. Um, <laughs> so I, I like the idea that that he's done that, and I've noticed that as well. Well, and and I remember you telling us before, it's like every day there is a different player on the you know sitting at chorus or or sitting at global or whatever, saying, "Hey, this is what's going on," and find that player and find that uh, attachment, right. To be able to get out there. And, and maybe now that's all in videos. Is that all in reels? Is that all in, in, you know, God forbid I say it, TikTok, or is it something, but you just have that moment of, Hey, this is this guy that connects you and then you want to go. Right. So it's, but every day there's got to be something that says, remember this is us and see you Friday. Right. It's, it's storytelling and it's, the frequency of telling the story and there are great stories to tell. I mean, you, you will never be bored meeting the players in a CFL locker room because of all what they have. But you know, our attention span is so small now. It's so again, I use the term fractured. Yeah. You don't get very long to grab somebody and say, Hey, we're open for business. You know, people yeah. go, well, look at Garth Brooks. He sold out this and they get, yeah, but Garth Brooks come Garth Brooks isn't playing 18 games a year or 10 games a year at the same stadium. Now, granted, you can say he sold out, you know, Rexall or Rogers or whatever it was, but this is different. I mean, this is, you know, an organization that's been around for what, 70, is this 76 years this year? 74. Yeah. 74. Sorry. Um, Okay. Well, you know, again, you have to sort of treat yourself as, uh, Hey, we're new and you got to keep raising your hand and trying to grab attention. Yeah. Say, look at us, look at us. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Now, speaking of great stories, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was an excellent segue. Uh, We're going to get into some Elks news because we we haven't talked about this um, and I kind of saved it to talk to you about because uh, Ricky Ray is going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame this year and uh, an amazing induction and and well-deserved. But... um, and I hope he goes in all in green and gold, even though I know he won't, but he should. Um, <laughs> but I have a feeling that you might have a Ricky Ray story or two for us. And because it's story time with JMO, this is the time to talk. <laughs> all right. I mean, I, you know, the football side of Rick has been well told and well documented. And you guys, you know, you know, the path to the 05 Cup and you know what it was like in 02 and he got there as a rookie and how he arrived on the scene and, and, and I, you know, I'll, I'll get to the stories which aren't necessarily about what he did on the field because everyone knows what he did on the field, but I will, I can remember still. And I talked to him not that long ago to congratulate him on the, on the uh, induction. He came to the office, the old office, like it was right before, right before training camp. And he was a late arrival. I mean, he was there in time to start camp, but I mean, it was, I think Rick Warman was, working with the quarterbacks who were coming to camp. And Ricky arrived, came to the old office, and I remember him coming in, young guy with hair. (laughs) I remember those days. And he had a knapsack. He might have had a suitcase. I'm not sure, but he was hustling down the hall. And I remember turning to Jamie Cartmel, who's now with the, you know, head of comms for the Oilers, who was working with him then. And I said, 
who and what is a Ricky Ray? Because <laughs> it sounded, we laughed because it sounded like the name you would give a quarterback in one of those Lifetime movies, you know, that, right. that make you feel good. <laughs> Ricky Ray. We're like, that can't be his real name. Like, did he get it from the XFL and he kept it? And his hometown, for that matter, too. His hometown and Happy Camp. We said, like, this is not for real. And you're like, and, and, and then I, so the other guy says, well, he's the chip delivery guy. Right. Well, then that story, yeah. I mean, yeah. that whole thing was just, I mean, God, we had chips. I mean, we had chips upon chips upon chips. Remember that story breaking? I think Vicki Hall was the one who wrote that originally or somehow ferreted out that story. And then we had the poster and Frito Ray. And I mean, there was just a lot of good stuff going on around him. But there's two stories. I mean, it was very, I'll say innocent, but just a very, um, a guy with no airs no arrogance and his first year we sent him out to do reading week so he shows up with a bat knapsack i mean again it looked like he was you know third year sociology at happy camp you know junior college <laughs> and he rolls out we so we send him off to a school and it might have been in you know sort of the surrounding area of the stadium and he comes back he, he brings books god bless him they get him to the school and they, they pull out the hockey sweater for him to read. Like, Mr. Ray, would you? And there he is. And there's a picture somewhere of him surrounded by little kids. And he's and the hockey sweater, I mean, I think we all know it. Your mm -hmm. viewers will certainly know it. Well, Ricky's not familiar at all with Maurice <laughs> Richard. Right. <laughs> and, calls, and calls him Morris Richard. And so uh -huh. he comes back and he's like, comes and sits in our office and he's like, you know, hey, Rick, how'd it go? And this is the first time reading the week. Thanks for doing it. We're talking. And he goes, hey, who is Morris Richard? <laughs> I said, okay. Um, welcome. We're going to have to run through some things in Canada. That's Maurice Richard. And stop calling it ice hockey. Yeah. <laughs> get it. Like, and I would say to him and other Americans, you don't need the ice. Like we all assume, you know, we're not like, this is not grass hockey. No one's going to go, Oh, grass hockey, ice hockey. Wow. You had me confused. Yeah. I said here, it's just hockey. Just stop it with the ice. He's like, okay. And I mean, he would have those conversations with Rick and you never knew if he was really playing you because he's really smart. But he'd say, hey, and we sent him to his first Oilers game. He'd never seen an NHL game. He goes, I have a question for you, Jamo. I said, let's go ahead, number 15. Well, what is it? He goes, why do, why do they pass the puck around so much? Like, if you get it, why don't you just shoot it? And it got really quiet, and we stared at each other, and I said, why don't you do that? Like, why don't you, why don't you just throw it for the end zone every time? Just, just heave it. Someone will go and get it. Yeah. Ed Hervey will run under it, won't he? I said, there's kind of like, it's not just guys faking it out there, although maybe the Oilers back then were. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but just, yeah, Morris Richard. And there was also another, and I think it's captured in Jason Johnson's documentary he did, and you guys probably remember it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I came in the room one day, and there's, geez, you know, the three smartest guys in the room are – I, well, it's Johnson, it's Ray. I don't think Moss was there. I could be wrong. Maybe it was Moss. In the documentaries there, yeah. And these three wizards are sitting there at their locker, and they are staring. Someone has sent 
a um, an autograph request to Ricky. We used to get lots of cards, and can you sign mm. this? And I would take them over to the dressing room, and Ricky would sign them, and I'd take them back, and we Marie, Scott, our beloved receptionist, would send them back. And so I go in one day, and these guys are sitting there, and they're all they're puzzling over this letter. And I go, what, what are you guys doing? Jamie, well, come on over here, check this out. What is a SACE? And I said, I'm looking at them, and I go, self-addressed stamp envelope. <laughs> I went, you know, there's a reason we can't move the ball. Because <laughs> you three guys are the quarterbacks. Like, are you serious? <laughs> And they're just like, wow, SACE, huh? And I go, yeah, SACE. Sign the card. You go have a good day, and I hope football goes well for you. Because, geez, I mean, there were just, I mean, there were just days where you go, wow, I can't believe we win more than we lose. <laughs> you know, mind you, we had other quarterbacks where you could legitimately go, wow. Yeah, that's, okay, yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I we'll do the best we can. I was going to say, that's... It's- there's a few. There's a few on that list. I feel. Yeah. It's just. It was hard for me to remember that. Like he came in as the fourth stringer. I mean, we had Keith Smith was injured, and yes. then we had Leon Murray ahead of him on the chart. When <laughs> Leon, he came in Leon with, Murray. Yeah. Leon Leon Murray. Yeah. yeah. And then he just won his way onto the team. That was it. Well, it was it was funny when you think about it because there was a buzz at camp early, and those who know, and I'm not one of them. But I'm walking around. I mean, I, you know, to me, it, okay, you throw the ball and it goes somewhere and someone catches it, and I guess that's good. It goes somewhere. <laughs> but there were people, and, you know, guys like, you know, Hugh Campbell and Jack Parker standing there kind of, you know, having a, or whomever was hanging around. And you can hear the conversations. You know, you just kind of, you're moving around. I'm checking stuff, and I'm stop and talk with someone. And you can start to hear people saying, hey, 15, check this guy out. And you know when people lean in when someone's about to do something and someone who's good, you know, they go, oh, I'd like to see this. You start more of that happening, right? And just, there was, it happened really organically, quite fast. And he had a staunch advocate in Rick Warman, who, you know, and Rick was a great promoter, both self-promoter and promoter of guys he liked. And, um, yeah, Ricky was, uh, you know, I think of all the players that, I mean, and there's so many that I was really, you know, honored and blessed to be around. When you think that, you know, we were there right at the ground floor, it's yeah. uh, pretty incredible, pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that, that was outstanding. We'll get more stories from you when we get into overtime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I do, uh, we were talking about the the team doing stuff to uh, kind of get out in the public eye again. Uh, one of the stories that got uh, released is Project 2 Million, uh, the Elks yeah. giving back to 20 local not-for-profit organizations over the next year. Um, sounds like an amazing project and, and another initiative that uh, is winning over, you know, hearts with Victor Qui again, because, hey, get, you're a community-based team, give back to the community. Yes. And I, I, I love this. I love everything about this. That is essential, that they have a power in their brand, the Elks brand. And Victor clearly has taken a look at all of the things, assets. What do the Elks have? Well, they have prominence and they have you know, um, they are certainly a category unto themselves. They're the only professional football team. They have an audience, both here in the stands and people that follow and the various things that they follow them on. And 
to your point, they are a community-owned team. And you've got to walk differently, you've got to talk differently, and you need to be responsive to the community. You know, mm-hmm. this isn't private ownership that could go, yeah, well, whatever. Mm-mm. And Edmonton and the, this football team have a relationship that really kind of goes well beyond first downs and field goals and touchdowns. And it's, it's um, I think, Victor is a smart guy. He's a very savvy business person, and he has realized that. That that community connection is vital, not just to, I mean, it's not about, this one is not selling people, this no. isn't handout, buy a ticket to see us take on Ottawa. That isn't, but this is, you know, building or buttressing the brand in a way, however, that is more good for those organizations that are on the, you know, part of this Project 2 million. And if you, at the end of the day, you feel good about this and you feel good about the Elks, is that's good for the brand. And maybe you'll think one day, hey, I should go to a game. It's right. soft. Like, it's a, it's it's impactful, but it's not a hard sell. Yeah, I agree. And I, I just love, yeah, I love the connection. Just connect whichever yeah, way you're going to connect. And this this is the way to connect. So I, I really like yes. that. Um, all right, we've got uh, a little bit of uh, roster news before we talk about the game. Uh, last week, a trade happened. Did you hear about that, Superfan? I think I might have. You might have, yeah. Uh, Nick Arbuckle off to Ottawa for a fourth-round draft pick. Uh, was anybody on this call shocked that this happened? No, not at no. all. I mean, no. we've heard rumors of them shopping him for... I mean, since Jones came on yeah. at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about a guy that has never played a snap for the team at this point. So uh, we gave up a lot for him, and then we ended up paying another $100,000 as a, as a bonus. So, like, you had to try him. And, yeah. I mean, he seemed to be great in camp, but just something when the lights came on and you were facing people that are trying to knock your head off, it just wasn't working in the system, I don't think. I found him to be, you know, is there a place for Nick Arbuckle on a team somewhere? Sure. Yes. Um, But he wouldn't be a guy, if I needed to win a game, that I would necessarily want at the controls. Needed to win a game. Mm -hmm. Go in in an emergency, go in either down by a bunch or up by a bunch or whatever. And he clearly isn't the future for this team. I mean, as soon as Trey Ford did what he did in Hamilton and... And you got to remember, like in football, you know, and like a lot of businesses, if you're not somebody's guy or gal, mm-hmm. in other words, did the boss discover you? Do you have a mm-hmm. pre-existing relationship? And in football, that matters a lot. Sure. You know, good players have good players get moved out because eh, they, you're not my guy. Right. Okay. Then you bring in your guy, and you know, we wish you all the best. Um, and Nick Arbuckle was part of the old furniture. It yeah. was in the office. Yeah. And even though he hadn't been here long, I mean, I think a lot of people sort of thought, okay, well, you know, he's, it was always sort of that guy, like, God, if he got a chance to run his own team and stuff, won't he come, you know, and he comes from the Calgary factory. Right. Well, yeah. not everybody that comes down the chute at, uh, at the Huffnagel factory works out well. Many do, but not everyone. Yeah, that's fair. Not everyone that leaves, I find. Like a lot of people that yeah, sort of succeed... Um, either Bo Levi's injured or or for that matter, Bo Levi, um, like they all seem to do well. And and we have no idea what Bo Levi Mitchell would be like in a Toronto system or a Vancouver, you know, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's always played under that Huffnagel system. So, 
yeah, no. So that's uh, well. <clears throat> I, I wish him all the best. I really do. Yeah, I, I like Nick. I, Great I, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, and it, but it opens up for us to find that guy who is going to lead the team next. And, and I think once he's healthy, <laughs> that could be Trey Ford. Uh, on the well, other hand, I, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I just, sorry to, to jump in, Andrew, no, okay. but you know, when I, someone asked me doing my radio show, TSN 1260, you know, comparisons, Trey Ford. And, and I didn't think it was sort of a, um, I, you know, I gave it a moment's thought, which is more than I give most of the time to things that I spew on the radio. <laughs> I thought, you know, I see, I see some Elon Green. Okay. And and I know there may be someone who goes, or people who think, oh well, Elon. Well, you know, Elon, when he got the job, I mean, remember he arrived from Toronto. Yep. Don liked him, mm-hmm. so he was Don's guy. He was. And Trey Ford is Chris Jones's guy. And Don really wanted to may have it work with Nilon, and Nilon lasted longer than Don did, ironically. <laughs> um, but Nilon had the requisite amount of athleticism. Now, whether he was had all of the necessary tools to be a consistent quarterback, but God, he was interesting. That's that's very true. It's very he true. He was interesting. I, I yeah. I'll give you that. Now, there's another guy that in a picture we found out might be coming to the team at some point less past week. I mean, uh, also a Jones guy, because we know he's, he's traded for him once before. Uh, the agenda that was posted in the photo op that said Vernon Adams trade. Uh, now, I believe that was... That that was not Victor Quee's agenda. Uh, I think we no, kind think so. of kind of figured out that that was definitely on the Montreal side, and, and the picture came down rather quickly. But um, just give me your two cents on that, Dave. What do you think? For do you think that there's something actually being talked about in the background? Well, I mean, if you saw the Montreal Alouettes play, and I don't lay this at Trevor Harris's feet, I mean, right. they've got uh, they've got some things going on there. They're called penalties. Um, Vernon Adams. Yeah. yeah, Vernon Adams dissent uh, because Kahari Jones was obviously a very strong advocate of his and probably mm-hmm. worked very well with him based on all that you heard is is really kind of unsettling to see because I thought Vernon Adams could really settle in and do some good stuff in this league. There's enough, you know, you saw enough game from him that you thought, oh, maybe they've got a solution. I mean, they've gone through, what, 400 quarterbacks since Anthony Calvillo? <laughs> I mean, Give or take. you know, Matthew Schultz and Antonio Pipcom, I mean, we could be here a while, right? So um, is there something there? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know Gary Stern at all. Maybe he goes into every meeting with all of the things that, that the organization, you know, has to do or should do or whatever. And then maybe he just starts reading at the top and goes to the bottom. Hey, Vernon Adams. And you're like, no, we're pretty good. We got Bo Levi Mitchell next. You know, <laughs> I don't know how he does his meetings. But um, if there is something there, I mean, I'd be intrigued. But, you know, what are, what are they trying to do? Like, they get Trey Ford healthy and then you just lock in would be my take. Mm-hmm. But maybe they've got a – I'm sure they've got an idea of how they want to approach Trey Ford because they got an athlete there. Yeah. He, you know, I, is he enough of a quarterback to be a quarterback at this level? I don't know what's all that's required. I've been around a bunch, but, you know, they've got something there, I believe. Yeah, yeah, could he be a Tracy Ham? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, well, that yeah. seemed to work out quite well for him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, for it sure, sure yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. 
Um, okay, a couple other uh, things there on the uh, the Elks roster. Uh, they uh, did sign linebacker Trey Watson from Montreal, and he got through what three quarters of a game before he got hurt because it's the he Elks. Had a great game. He did. He had a yeah. great game until he got hurt. Uh, they bring back uh, defensive back Malik Sonier, who was then playing, I believe half or was he playing corner he was playing corner was he no, he's playing one? corner yeah yeah, yeah. uh and they then quarterback exactly and quarterback michael Beaudry came back they then yesterday signed running back malik irons and quarterback ben holmes uh they do release jalen collins which was uh, uh for me a, a little bit of a surprise but yet that i know some of these other guys are getting healthy and we'll we'll talk about that in just a, a mere moment but um Let's get into the game. So it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on. Um, I know we missed the game last week. Uh, there was a game. There was rain. You know, whatever. Uh, the most important part is the Elks won last week. That's the part we want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, massive come from behind uh, win to win 32-31 over the Montreal Alouettes. Um, tough second quarter, for sure. Like, it, yes. they, it Definitely took uh, a lot out of them then. Uh, but then 20 unanswered points as they get into the third quarter and through the fourth. Um, many thanks as well to Wes Sutton for helping us out with that. We really appreciate him. It was a tough night for you. best few... offensive player. Correct. Exactly. If you're wearing 37, it was yeah. maybe not your greatest night. Uh, Montreal gives up two fields worth of penalties. And we say thank you very much. Now, there was other Mer- parts to this game. Yeah, Mer- <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> Title of the podcast, Merci, Alouettes. Um, all right, so uh, there was other good things in this game, though, Jamo. What else did you see in the game that stood out to you? Ed Ganey's interception. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I like that a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I think Taylor Cornelius did some things there, and I'm not here to anoint starters. It's not my job. I, I You know, we know that he can throw the ball the length of the field. That is not in question. Mm-hmm. Can you protect the ball? Can you not make the throw you think you can make based on your arm strength? That's often it, right? Can I just throw it out or throw, you know, go ultra safe or just just don't try to force everything, which I think we saw last year with him. Right. Yep. You know, like, by God, I'm going to throw this ball right through you. Well, that's not what was required there. (laughs) What we needed was a softer touch on a crossing route. And he throws it in like it's coming from a gun. But that said, now, you know, he he gets, he's the guy of record when when they win. Um, You know, can they just build off this until they can get Trey Ford healthy? Is there something there with that duo? And you've got Kai Loxley doing yeah. some good stuff too so you know i've never seen a situation like this but we're in a different time and now with the having two quarterbacks on the field and you know where it's not like before as you guys know it was very set starter backup and a third mm-hmm. okay yeah there you have it now it's a very fluid situation and it's just it's a, just takes some getting used to but you know i've never seen it sort of this really and I'll use the term again, fluid as to who the starter is. Like it can be truly a game time decision. Absolutely. I I wonder if they used Cornelius's arm this week to put it into those 50, 50 ball situations. And that's where we ended up with a lot of the defensive pass interference because Lawler fights for the ball. Um, There are three DPI calls in that second half. Um, If you had to guess 
how many would you if 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 Sutton was nowhere near him, how many of those do you think Lawler would have caught? And because there's at least two that I can think of that if there wasn't DPI, he would have caught it anyway. Like it was. Yeah, I was going to say two. Right. So it it's amazing that the, maybe they're using that to to the, I guess, to the strength of Kenny Lawler as well to, you know, put it down the field and let him go get it. And he he earned his paycheck that game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Mike, what do you got for us for this one? For some strengths, um, I, like I said, Trey Watson, I thought I had a pretty solid game while he was there. Uh, yes. Great if he would have been able to play a whole game, but maybe we'll see number 45 coming in uh, next game. So that'll be great. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Lawler, uh, 92 yards receiving plus 108 yards in those three DPI calls. Crazy. So we're talking 200 yards, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And while you think he would have caught two, maybe he catches all three. And then that is a 200 yard game been a while since he've had one of those uh loxley was great i thought cornelius had a, a decent game um one person who probably doesn't show up as much on the stat sheet is adam konar i yeah. thought he's had yeah. quietly a pretty fantastic season to me probably his best season since he's been in the league um he's always around the ball and he seems to really have settled in to that position then when watson was hurt he moved over uh and and was just as effective i thought he had a great game um and a big and int lastly, too yeah, absolutely. That yeah. INT was great. And then um, Scott Hutter, speaking of turnovers, he had the fumble yes. recovery as well as eight tackles. He led the team in tackles and two special teams tackles. Uh, a guy that, again, does not get a whole lot of press, but I think he's been playing outstanding since uh, the first game. Yeah, I 100% agree. And uh, speaking of people that don't get a lot of press, um, the O-line was better this game. Yeah, much yeah. better this game. Yeah. They were actually opening some holes for Beatty. Uh, he got the touchdown on a big, uh, a big hole through the middle. Um, and I just found that they, they were given Taylor had to run around a few times for sure. But yeah. overall, but no I, I, yeah. yeah, I, I thought they did much better and, and there wasn't a lot of comment on it when, when there really should have been. Um, although I guess that's one of those things, right? When the O-line plays well, you don't hear anything about it, but, uh, that I I want to give some kudos to the big guys because I thought they uh, I thought they had a great game. Um, Cordy in particular really had a good game. Was really yes. pushing forward, and I, I, I he stood out to me um, for as much as I watched the O line in the middle of the play. I, I've started to get better on trying to watch it on the replay to see who was where, and I just thought Cordy had an amazing game. So I, I want to give some credit there friend of the podcast uh anything on the side that you're like well we should probably improve that uh mike let me start with you this time then we'll come back to jmo i mean other than of course a complete lack of wishbone plays um especially when when saskatchewan's doing them i'm like come on jason moss is doing wishbones now and power eyes yeah exactly what's going on um uh, the the special teams has been really oh. tough. Um, <laughs> not so special teams. I, Charles Nelson has not had a spectacular season. I think that's a fairly safe statement. Uh, his uh, he had um, what like three or four uh, four point seven. There it is yards average on punt returns. That's that's not great. And that's then catch and fall down. Yeah. I mean, when we are punting the ball away. Uh, our net average was 22 yards. Oy. That is tough on four punts for Matt Mangle, who, by the way, had a great tackle. In yeah. That game. It just maybe shouldn't be that he has to make that tackle. Right. Yeah. 
And, 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 um, you know, Mike's taken stolen my thunder, uh, and said it better than I can. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to live long enough to see a, an Elks touchdown return <laughs> on a, off a kick oh. or a punt, but I sure hope I do. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just so strange to me that in a city, you know, you know where I'm going. Yeah. That gave the world or the CFL gizmo. And there have been others with brief flashes. You know the names, Donnie Ashley and Winston October, sure. and, you know, but it hasn't, it's not a long list that this has been a Bermuda triangle position for you guys must know the years, but it's a long time. Yeah. I mean, well, it's been gone 22 years now, but it's tw- right. 2015 was our last return in a regular 2015 season. Was Kendall Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Kendall. Yeah. That's it. Oy. Yeah, and, Painful. And, and it's just one of those curious things, right? Like, you know, um, like the Philadelphia Flyers and their goaltenders, you know? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, they've got a good one now, but you know what I'm saying? Like, they just churn through, and and it's just an odd thing to me that they can't land on somebody for any length of time and really get the special teams, all of the facets kind of figured out and working at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, death, taxes, and we're never getting a return. That's basically where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, I guess the only other thing that I had that was uh, uh, Beatty, although he did have the touchdown, um, otherwise just a four-yard run average and wasn't really getting a whole lot of spark. I, I'm hoping now, maybe that changes now that we've got Malik Irons and it looks like there's a possibility he may start this week. But well, Beatty's on the PR. PR. Apparently, so. Yeah, so likely we're look, going looking Malik Irons and a whole lot of Lee Trey, which is great. I'm excited about that. Uh, but um, that might be my next jersey. <laughs> it's going to be so – just so I can say Lee Trey. Oh, Lee Trey. Come on. That's, I, got, I got McCarty. Might as well get Lee Trey. There we go. There you go. Uh, why is it that I pick all the guys with the long hair? I don't understand. I got none. I pick all the guys. That's, 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 that's right. That's oh. You're projecting. You're projecting. <laughs> Don't worry, in the horde and tell, that's coming. Oh, I can't. This is exciting. Okay. Um, all right. Well, speaking of the horde and tell, super fan, it is that time once again for you to get into some horde and tell with us. Uh, let me set that up for you here. There we go. What do you have for us today, Uncle Mike? All right. Well, um, <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, we do. We are an Elks podcast, and of course, everything under the previous name and. In fact, previous five or six names, if I'm going back to the, the beginnings. But um, I love talking about not just the team, but football and Edmonton in general. Uh, and one of the things that has been around for, I mean, my lifetime, everyone here's lifetime, has been junior football in town, mm-hmm. uh, especially the Huskies and the Wildcats. And uh, I got a few more programs recently. This one is a absolute gem condition here. This one is from, hopefully you can oh, wow. see that, 1954. Uh, there we go. Lovely. Uh, that one came in recently. Uh, absolutely gorgeous thing. Oh, a little picture of Mr. Mayor Horlack there. Ooh. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a thief, but that's all right. Uh, you know, great photos and things like that. A lot of these guys did try out for the uh, the team back in the day. Uh, so it's great to sort of see some of those younger pictures of them and hearing some of the stories. And it's still great football to watch, um, but which is particularly spectacular, uh, an absolutely phenomenal gift uh, from one of our good friends, uh, Linda Edwards, who found some things that uh, her brother had played. Um, 
can't remember if it was the Huskies or the Wildcats. I want to say Wildcats, which means I'm probably wrong. Um, <laughs> and um, hopefully she'll correct me. But she graciously gave me some of the yearbooks from the years, um, from the 70s years. And absolutely oh. found standing. Here's a great one from 1975. Nice. Everyone can see that. Most importantly, though, yes. And this oh, has already been I saved. think I know where this is going. There we go. Hopefully, people can see that beautiful shot. Oh, look at one, Mr. Marco Sincar. <laughs> look at that luscious dew. Wow. Uh, absolutely famous. Um, of course, that's why uh, Linda did put the bookmark in there just so I could see it. Uh, there's uh, 19. I think this is 76. Another beautiful one there. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah, I mean, this is going... I love the artwork from that era. I just love... That's great. You know, and again, some great, great photos in each one of these. Uh, For guys like Dave Zakarko, who was with the team in 79, and his sister ended up uh, being Miss... Not only uh, representing the team, but in the Miss Mm -hmm. Grey Cup pageant, but she won Miss Grey Cup. Um, Again, this is... Looks like 1978... Wow. And this is back when they were using illustrators instead of just simple uh, throwaway pictures. And then the last one here, 1979. Again, That's just awesome. absolutely fantastic stuff. Yeah. And again, great, great photos uh, of players that some made the team, but others, maybe this was the last shot at football for them. But uh, mm-hmm. I absolutely love this kind of stuff. And, and reading these stories, not just about the Elks and, and the previous uh, teams that have been here over the last hundred some odd years, but but uh, the university teams and, and the uh, yep. junior teams and stuff like that and uh, just absolutely fantastic stuff. So a huge thank you to Linda for these. These have been uh, – I've poured over them about 30 times in the, <laughs> since I've got them. Um, <laughs> just looking at these old photos and just seeing, oh, my God, I think that guy you know, played for the team or was in training camp or whatever and finally getting to see a photo of some of these because um, even JMO, like I've had people asking yep. me for photos of, of players if I have any because some just – it's hard to find. Yeah. You know, oh, and God, yes. Some of these really, really obscure players that maybe tried out and people are like, you know, do you have a picture of this guy? And you're like, why this guy? <laughs> I think like, we've talked about it. I think we've talked about it previously. But um, and if we have, my apologies. But when we were preparing to move from the old building to the new right. one, the the history of the team was preserved in these huge books. Yeah. And receptionists going back decades would cut out dutifully cut out the newspapers right and tape the stories into the pages and write it down what day it was and they were huge books and you would flip them over with great you know flourish and you know the next page they were heavy heavy Mm -hmm. so when we were preparing to move and they were in a safe in the old building I thought, well, you know, we're many things, but we are not archivists, and this stuff's going to get lost. And so I had contacted the city of Edmonton Archives and the armories and introduced myself and said, you know, we're preparing to move, and I believe that, you know, we're a community-owned team and that this should be in the, in the safekeeping of the city. And they were really excited to get those, I mean, decades of stuff, and it is all there available for the public. A lot of yep. it's been... You know, and you know it, Mike, um, that was, and it was great. I mean, we needed dollies to push these books in. They're huge right. and they're super heavy. Oh, yeah. Oh, but they are. Like, there. they're like almost three feet long and, and yeah. two feet tall and, you know, a good four inches thick kind of thing. So they're huge. They're, 
they're really and you know for anyone who's you know wants to research or just it, it's all there it's all there but i'm really glad that's that right. we went ahead and did it yeah yeah oh that's that yeah, is outstanding I mean, i've actually been recently um victor qe had uh, very kindly said offered to show me uh some of the archives uh, for the team and I talked to Alan Watt and he connected me with one of the archivists at the city archives because that's who was basically inherited uh, specifically the the paper stuff right all the yes. whether it's posters whether it's booklets whether it's whatever anything that you really need to take care to preserve and, and make sure it yes. lasts and there is some absolutely phenomenal stuff out there um, stuff on the annual dinners going back to the original one in 1964 all the programs and information about stuff like that mm -hmm. and, and I'm so glad it's not getting lost because uh, of people like you and, and, and before you who are thinking enough to put these scrapbooks together and preserve it so people can flip through them when I was there people would kept coming over to my tables to see this massive yeah. stack of these scrapbooks <laughs> and it's like what's that oh that's cool and then they'd be telling me their stories as fans remembering, you know, some of these players from, oh, 1968, that was my first year as a season ticket holder. And, and that's one of the things I love more than anything else is that that connection people had uh, and hopefully still have. And mm -hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily capturing that with the, the newest generations. And I really hope they do. Yeah, agreed. Ab absolutely. Agreed. All right, week seven, gentlemen. We it is time for us to get ready for this week's game: Elks versus the Bombers. Um, Elks will need every bit of their A game in this one. Uh, the Bombers coming off two giant wins uh, over BC and Calgary, um, and we're not likely to get the easy DPI calls this week uh, as we did last one. Uh, o line's going to need to need to be enormous against this uh, incredible Bombers D line. Um, any, what are our keys to the game? What, how, where do we? get through this game and look towards a, a win at home. <laughs> yeah, it's been only what a thousand and twenty days now. Um but not, wow. not that we're counting. No, we're no, counting, right? no, I just yeah. have a marks on the wall. Other than that it's fine. Yeah. Um but uh, better than marks on your skin. That's sure. <laughs> well that's, yeah. I'm running out of wall space. <laughs> I mean uh title of the podcast, running out of wall space. Okay. Uh <laughs> I, I hear you. Yeah, exactly. Uh Jamo, what is our what are our keys to, to pull out this win on friday well pull out a win um winnipeg is going to have to stub its toe quite badly <laughs> now, no team is perfect they're not the 72 dolphins yet that i but they are good in all the facets they mm -hmm. are well coached they are you, i mean they're the gold standard in the cfl you win back-to-back -back gray cups you've earned that and they're now six and oh I think if, if Edmonton can keep it close, don't get run off the field, don't give up the big play, because the big play, like we saw in the Calgary game, really knocks. I mean, this is an Elks team that's still fragile. I mean, it's still, you know, getting its sea legs. You know, Bambi on ice. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and get to the third quarter, get to the second half, and, and you know, breaks can happen. I mean, we've, you guys have been watching football, you know, your whole lives and I've been in it for a good chunk of mine and, you know, teams that are overmatched and this is, you know, this is David and Goliath here. Um, but David sometimes can't win. 
and and but it's a tall order and they're going to have to play nearly flawless football certainly in offense no you know Cornelius don't sling it even though you might want to fight the urge to do so mm-hmm. and just kind of if you can get in the way Winnipeg like when they played the BC Lions good lord I mean that was a team I used to they flexed yeah like Winnipeg had, you know that Winnipeg had won every game prior to BC but against BC they went we'll show you why we're good stand yeah. back yeah no kidding. and they did mm-hmm. and you just don't want to allow them to stand back because that's a well coached team man they look like everybody knows exactly what they're supposed to do at exactly the right time so you know can the elks do it yeah but it's a tall it's a really tall order yeah absolutely super fan what do you got i think that for a team like jamo says as as great in every facet that they seem to be. Um, I mean, I, I don't think anyone disputes that they are going to be number one in the power rankings for a while until someone can knock mm-hmm. them off. They're the only undefeated team now, mm-hmm. having knocked off two undefeated teams back-to-back in BC and Calgary. Uh, you're going to have to be patient, and you are going to have to um, do some confusion in there and sort of surprise them, things that they do not expect on offense, on defense, and God forbid, maybe on special teams, um, <laughs> you know, just you've got to disguise as much as you possibly can on all three facets of what you're doing and hopefully can maybe catch them. They were prepared for BC and Calgary because they were the top two other teams. We're yeah. the fifth team out of five in the West. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll be, I don't think it'll be looking past us. I don't think O'Shea would ever let that happen, but maybe they're not quite taking us as seriously and we can capitalize on that. But, I mean, if we do, that's like a first quarter thing, and then you've got to hold on as tightly as you can. But, <laughs> yes. um, you know, I, I, I we're coming against a very strong defensive line, and this is going to be the biggest test our offensive line's had. Yeah, so, so while well, you're talking about shakeups and things like that, like, <clears throat> we might see Deron Carter playing defense for his first game. We is might. that shakeup enough? Is that, uh, yeah. does that make everything? I don't know if that... On defense, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> if nothing else, it's going to be a show. Make it, make it a See, show. Um, the reason why we love Linda, she says, "Wishbone." That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't see it coming. That's right. No, no, they don't see it coming. Do it now. Maybe a, That's right. Maybe yeah. a single wing. It'll be great. That would be be out. Yeah, Kyle Oxley in back, and then and then Irons and Lee Trey on either side of Cornelius because you can go. have two quarterbacks on the field. I mean, yes, you can. They came yeah. so close too, right? With the Cornelius back pass to Loxley and then down the yeah. field and off the hands. Like it was, I was so excited for them to actually have that work. And then it, it was a well oh, executed play. Yeah. Except for the catch. Yeah. Yes. It was lovely. Yeah. It was. Yeah. But yeah, yeah we're going to need some tricks, tricksing and things like that. On the other hand, um, no fake punts out of the end zone, Chris Jones. We can be very clear about that. Um, some great suggestions in, in here as well, too. Oh, excellent. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, I'm excited for those, and we'll we'll talk about those when we get yeah. into the uh, into overtime. Uh, maybe they use the short game to set up the long game this week, where dump dump passes, dump passes, and then you know double move and down you go. I, I don't know. I, I, there's got to be something. You got to you got to try something different for sure to 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 break yeah. that defense. So. Uh, let's talk pickums because uh, I mean we we got to pick all the other games. Let's uh, let's see where things are at. So we've got uh, a doubleheader Thursday 
not my favorite thing in the world, but uh, double double header Thursday. Uh, first game is Montreal versus Ottawa. That happening in the capital. Uh, we've got uh, Hamilton versus BC in the late game out on the West Coast. Uh, then we have, of course, our game on Friday. And then we have Toronto versus Saskatchewan on Saturday. The rematch of Touchdown Atlantic, where hopefully helmets will all stay on heads and not be flying at yeah. other people. Um you're talking to someone that definitely knows about a helmet coming off. <laughs> yeah. You know all about that. Yeah. yeah. We were all watching for you, Jamo. You didn't come running out on the field right at that no. moment. But yeah, that. No. No, you, Too old for that now. You, you, you've done it once was it more than enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I, I don't need to do this exactly. again. Um, no. All right. So. Uh, uh, everyone in the chat, if you uh, have an uh, uh, option for us for a prop bet for the Elks game, throw it in the chat and we'll throw up some options. And Jamal, you'll get to pick which prop bet we're going to do for the Elks game because sure. we never pick okay. against them. We just do prop bets. Uh, but we'll yep. pick the other three games. So who do you have in those those three games? Montreal, Ottawa, Hamilton, BC and Toronto, Saskatchewan. I will go Ottawa. Okay. And, and I think I'm doing this because I think very highly of both Sean Burke, who I know from a uh, fellow PR guy mm-hmm. with Hamilton years ago, and I want them to win. I, the Red Blacks have been, they've been, you know, they've been working this hard and with losing Mazzoli, I want something good to happen to them. I don't want this to build and keep going. I like it. Um, yep. Hamilton, I can't figure out, are they a bad football team or a good team playing badly? That's and a this great is not question. A team, and, yeah. and I, I can't quite get that figured out in Orlando Steinauer and the group there. They're, 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 that's a good organization, but I can't, I don't, something doesn't jive for me. But BC is, you know, Nathan Rourke left the last game against Winnipeg and went, oh, I better, you know, I got some stuff to learn. Mm-hmm. He's such a great story. You want to see it keep going. Yeah. So I'm going to go BC over Hamilton, you know, Hamilton fly. It's in Vancouver, correct? Or yeah, I got it. That is correct. Okay, yeah. Right. So it's the fly out to the coast and, you know, and, um, sorry, give me the, and, oh, the last... Saskatchewan, sorry. The, yeah. The, the rematch. Touch Atlantic rematch. Wow. Well, I, and I haven't heard unless you guys have, what's Cody Fajardo's health like? But they not have not announced yet. They're not sure if they're even going to be okay. playing them yet. So. Um, right. So, yeah. well, you've asked me, so I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go Riders will win this. But if they do, they're going to have to, because Fajardo, you know, you saw the headline on TSN.ca. He doesn't know how long he can play this pain game. Mm-hmm. When, it, when, you, when your quarterback, and he's pretty good, says that, you go, whoa. Now, I don't know what their number two is, and I'm sorry I should know that, but um, it's a drop Fine. down. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's a drop down. Yeah. Uh, in terms of ability, at least, you know, an experience. So um, I'm going to go Saskatchewan, but I've got misgivings. Okay. Until I get an injury report. Yeah. That's fair. Super fan. Uh, I think I'm going to go the other way around. I'm going to go with Montreal in this game. Uh, we always seem to have that up and down with Trevor Harris, good Trevor, bad Trevor. Not that he was a terrible uh, game. I think he was uh, nope. pretty pretty accurate in mm-hmm. his game, certainly more than we had. Um, but he did have those two interceptions. Uh, so not necessarily the greatest game. I think he's going to have a bit of a bounce back. And, and I'm just not really sold on Caleb Evans in Ottawa. Maybe our buckle comes in. We'll yep. see. Um, but I'm still going to take Montreal on that one. Hamilton versus BC. Again, you've got a Hamilton team crossing three time zones uh, to play in BC, who is still smarting from that uh, beatdown that Winnipeg gave them. And I think 
that uh, Rourke is going to have learned from that. Um, and you've got to have that adversity to be able to come back. So I'm going to take them. And the Toronto versus Saskatchewan, uh, like JMO said, I don't know if uh, Cody is going to be playing. And, and we haven't heard anything. There's a suspension to maybe, uh, True. you know, that could be a Duke. suspension to Duke Williams. And that takes away their, their number one weapon on the 50-50 ball, as well as such a powerful weapon on, on offense in general. Uh, if that those both happen, I think Toronto takes this game. So uh, I've never been a huge MBT fan, but uh, I think that he can definitely get it done. And if there's a bit of a disarray in the rectangle, you know, I, I mean, I'm certainly hoping for it, um, <laughs> as we all are. I mean, we are one game behind Saskatchewan. Yep. So if we could find a way to win this game and they can lose it, we're tied for them. And then we got a game coming up against them the next yep. uh, the next time we play. So, uh, so that's my picks are, yeah, Montreal, BC, and Toronto. All right. And I'm going Ottawa, BC, and Toronto because I will never pick Saskatchewan. That's right. That's fair. Um, Because no one picks the wrong shade of green. That's right. Uh, Now, do we have uh, some prop bet ideas in there, super fan, in the chat? Uh, Let's see what we've got here. Uh, David Winchester says offensive yards for Edmonton. Chris Agar says kick return yards average for Edmonton. Oh my. And coach Vic says Elks defensive turnovers. Ooh, my. Okay. So, uh, JMO, do any of those appeal to you or did you have something else in mind? For you can have no, an audible. Yeah. no, 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 no. Um, I'm going to go coach Vic. You know, coach go Vic. Okay. The Elks turnovers. defensive turnovers against Winnipeg. Which yeah, they yeah. do not turn over the ball very much. Okay, I know, but and I know Caleros has been. I mean, he's probably. I don't imagine anyone could argue much about him being MOP right now. You know, or at least at this point, right? No, but you can have those games. Yep, that's very true. Okay, I will put the line on this one at one and a half. So, uh, super fan, we'll start with you this time. I was expecting him to have one turnover in this game. Uh, that he just gets rid of that ball so quickly, and he'd rather take the sack than to throw that INT. So I'm going to go with under in this one. All right. JMO? I'm going to go over. I'm going to go okay. two, two turnovers. Yeah. All right. Okay. I am going to go over as well with two because I figure it'll be very close and then yeah. Mike will probably win, but that's okay because this yeah. is why it's fun. I hope I lose. That's, yeah, exactly. A, Mike is a worthy victor. Mike is a worthy victor if that's the case. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we, we understand if that's how that goes. Um, all right. In the fantasy that's- realm, um, which, uh, I mean, you'd think I'd be talking about a home win when I talk about that. But anyway, I'm talking about fantasy football. Uh, Mike loses to Os Davis this week from Rouge, White, oh, and bad. Blue. Uh, I was on the bye week, so that didn't affect me at all. But this week, we have a couple of fun matchups. I get one Ryan Ballantyne from the Horsemen. Ooh. So I guess I know what he's Cue picking. the villain music, yeah. Yeah. Hey, wait a second, actually. Is Calgary playing this week? No, they're not. Oh, well, this could be. So he's going to pick all bombers just to piss me off because that's what he does. Um, uh, You get Brazilian Thai from the To and Out podcast. Oh, I got my work cut out for me. Exactly. So, but Superfan, you and I are both 
third and fourth in the overall standings of said sure. fantasy league at this point. So, uh, right now. Yeah. yeah. So follow all of the news on that on Twitter. And of course, find all of those great shows, uh, at CF pod network on Twitter. Go. This episode is also brought to you by park power, your local utilities provider with low rates, great service and profit sharing with local charities in Alberta. You get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity and natural gas from. If you switch providers, nothing changes about the delivery of these utilities to your home or business. If you have an existing contract, you're going to want to find out what the terms are before leaving. But if you don't, then it's even easier to sign up for Park Power. You as the consumer have the choice of who to pay your power bills to. Why not choose your friendly local utilities provider? Learn more at parkpower.ca. That's parkpower.ca. Uh, JMO, this was amazing to have you back on the podcast. Are you going to stick around for overtime with us? I'm sure. What does it require? Oh, we're just, uh, it just, it's just, nothing. no, no, just straight open chatter. So it's, it's just more football talk. Um, but, uh, we're very happy to have had you back on the show. Um, and yeah. thank you again for all your stories and insights. And we're so glad that, uh, you're doing better. Um, I know well, you're still you guys. struggling, but you know, it, it's important yeah. to us and, and, uh, we're, we're so glad to have you back to chat football. So, um, well, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. So tell everyone where they can find you because everybody wants more JMO. Well, yeah, well, and you're getting them now. Uh, <laughs> I now do a four-hour show. I co-host uh, an extravaganza from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, weekdays on TSN 1260 called Low Tide and Jameson. And the second name on the marquee, as it should be, and my friend <laughs> Alan Mitchell, who goes by the name Low Tide, is a longtime blogger, one of the earliest uh, to get in on that on the Edmonton Oilers. And he's a book coming out in September called On the Clock. And so you want to buy that on the draft history of the Edmonton Oilers. It's not all bad. <laughs> um, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. We we're now into week seven of, uh, of this uh, four-hour iteration. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We can go a lot of different places. Al is clearly very skilled in, in the area of hockey and certainly around the Edmonton Oilers and uh, – you know, I have a sort of a broader, you know, base in my sports knowledge. And so we're having a lot of fun with it. It's been really, uh, it's been a nice change. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we'll tune in there and follow you on Twitter at Jameson1260, right? Indeed. Perfect. Super fan. Where does everybody find you? You can find me at 56 Sparkies. And then the uh, history stuff can be found at the Edmonton Football History account. That's at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. Perfect. And you can find me at Free Palicious, uh, where I talk more probably Lego and a little bit of football, just because, you know, can't get enough of the Lego. Why not? Uh, and probably more Lord, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder when I see it a hundred more times, because it's an awesome movie. Um, uh, the Screaming Goats make the whole movie. It's fantastic. you got to see it. Uh, our APN <laughs> shout out this week uh, is going to The Breakfast Dish. Uh, dance, music, visual art, theater, and get to know you conversations with the artists behind the work. Join Griffin Cork and his mom, Karen Johnson Diamond, every Monday morning as they meet the creators of today's digital offerings. Find them in all the other great shows at the Alberta Podcast Network.com. There we go. Get that stretch that out. Like, something's wrong with my sound. Yeah, something's weird. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, of course, make sure you're following our friends with Pay It Forward with football uh, as they yeah. continue to send people to yeah. games and spread uh, kindness through football. 
uh, make sure you're following us too. It's at the Turf District. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we're trying to do a little more on there to kind of engage with everybody and uh, be part of things. Uh, of course, when there's a game on and we're sitting in the stands, don't expect a whole bunch of tweets, uh, but make sure that uh, you uh, join us the rest of the time when we're when we're chatting about how the game went down or the lead up to said game. Uh, Superfan game is at seven this Friday, so tailgate opens at five. Yes, sir. What are we having? Oh, see, this is right in the middle of that K Days festivities, so yes. we thought it'd be kind of fun to, you know, bring the K Days party to us. Correct. So we're going to have uh, not only uh, some corn dogs, some fries, some popcorn, even some cotton candy. Uh, we'll have some games for the kids and even some prizes for those games as well for everyone who participates, win or lose. Uh, so I think there might even be some football relations in there. So we will see. It's going to be a great time. Bring the family down and, and join us talking about some football. Absolutely. And then get your ticket, get into the game. And then, of course, enjoy or come meet us at uh, West of Us at halftime uh, on the yes. concourse section G. Uh, we're excited to have all of you there to chat with us and uh, and see how the game is going. Uh, we'll either uh, sob together or laugh together. You never know. You never know how that's all going to play out. It makes it more. Many donuts f- make it all better. Correct. And we're right yeah. by them, which is great. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you're on YouTube, stick around for overtime. We'll be back to chat more football. Otherwise, we We'll be back next week to talk about the third win for the Elks as they get ready for their bye week. You know, well, we got to be excited about this. Hey, first uh, win in the home yeah. in a long time. Correct. And a uh, and, and a programming note: we will be back on Sunday uh, to record the podcast. Uh, as it is bye week, we're going to uh, get together a bit earlier and chat some more stuff, uh, and then take that week to to have a break. So, uh, if you're sticking around, great. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us for JMO Superfan Mike. And Commissioner Kayla, I'm Andrew. Remember, you can't catch footballs with your face, and we will absolutely talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. See you later.